in reality, as you look at life, there are four different personality types or four different types of people. There are heart people, there are soul people, there are mind people, and there are strength people. What is the difference? Well, let me just say it another way. There are talking people, there are feeling people, there are thinking people, and there are doing people. Again, you and I are a mixture of all of them, but mostly we are one of them. You're either a talker or a feeler or a thinker or a doer. Hard people are good at talking. They are verbal. They're good at discussions, okay? They're great at wordsmithing. Soul people tend to be good at feeling They tend to be emotional. They feel things very deeply. They're more in touch with their emotions. Mind people are good at thinking. They tend to be more mental and not verbal or emotional. They are good at analyzing things. Strength people tend to be good at doing Uh, They're physical. They're practical. Their motto is, well, let's just do it, okay? Now, like I said, we truly, as an individual, we are a mix of all of them. You are a Christian stew, if you know what I mean. But you primarily act one way. And God wants you to act the way he has shaped your personality. Take a look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Love from the center of what? Who you are. Don't fake it. What's he saying there? He's saying that if you are a talker, don't fake it. He's saying if you're, if you're a feeler, don't fake that you're not a feeler. If you're a thinker, don't fake that you're not a thinker. If you're a doer, don't think that you're not a doer. God wants you to be you. So today, we're going to take a look at each of these four personalities. But before we do, I want us to self-identify, okay? If you're a talker, will you raise your hand? Raise your hands. Now, if you're sitting next to one that is a talker and they're not raising their hands, will you stand up and point them out right now? If my wife was in here, I'd be pointing her out. I'm telling you that right now. How many of us here are feelers? Okay. Okay, feelers. Okay. How many of us here are thinkers? Or at least you think you're a thinker. Okay. Look at that. How many of us here are just doers? There you go. Folks, we're all a mixture of these things, but primarily we are one of them. Let's take a look at these. The first one is this, you love the Lord your God with all your heart. This refers to talkers. So what is the connection here? 
Well, the Bible says over and over and over again that your heart is connected to your mouth, and your mouth is connected to your heart. What you have in your heart comes out of your mouth. For instance, if you have a problem with cussing, the problem is not with your mouth. It is with your heart, okay? If you have a problem with critical words or exaggerating words, the problem isn't with your mouth. The problem is with your heart. What you say has a direct connection with your heart. Jesus even said this. He says, the words that come out of your mouth are come from your heart. And so whatever is in your heart, whatever your heart is, I should say, filled with, folks, that's what comes out of your mouth. If your heart is filled with loneliness, guess what's going to come out? Loneliness. If your heart is filled with anger, what's going to come out? Anger. If your heart is filled with depression, depression is going to come out. If your heart is filled with joy, David says, my mouth shouts his praises because my heart is filled with joy. Joy is going to come out. When you're a heart person, folks, you can't contain it. You got to let it out. You got to speak it. And that is why heart people love to tell stories. They love to sit down and have heart-to-heart conversations. They take pleasure of conversing with other people. They're the people I want to avoid when I'm in a hurry. (laughs) Take a look at this verse, Psalms 40, verse 10. I I have not kept his good news hidden in my heart. Listen, I instead, okay, and Instead, I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So what is the purpose of this personality type? Will you write this down? It's for communication. Folks, this world needs communicators. LifePoint Church needs people who love to discuss We need teachers, we need counselors, we need coaches, we need comedians. Folks, we need preachers. If you're a preacher here, I'd love to have next Sunday off, okay? We'll just sign you up right now. People who are able to move us forward with their words. These types of personalities have an enormous benefit to you and I. In fact, take a look at a couple of these verses. In Proverbs 12, verse 18. The words of the wise bring healing. It's interesting. Talkers can actually help bring healing to your heart. If you are a talker, guess what? God wants you to use your words to build people up, not to tear them down. Take a look at Proverbs 14, verse 3. The words of the wise keep people out of trouble. Those who are talkers should use their words to guide people, to direct people, to point people in the right direction. Truly, if you are a talker, God says you need to use your talking to build people up. You need to use it to bless other people. And yet, what are the weaknesses of this personality type? Well, there are a couple of them. 
Uh, one of them, I think, is pretty obvious. Take a look at Proverbs 10, 9. The more you talk, the more things you can say that are wrong. In other words, the more you talk, eventually you're going to say the wrong thing. Or you'll say the right thing to the wrong person. Or you'll say the right thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. I just described to you a gossiper, okay? That is an obvious weakness. The second one is it reveals insecurity. If you get nervous when things get quiet, like on a date or in a meeting or at dinner, and you feel like you've always got to say something, guess what? It reveals your insecurity. Take a look at Proverbs 17, verse 27. Those who are sure of themselves do not talk all the time. So here is the warning with this type of person. You have to act. You just can't talk. You have to act on what you've said. Take a look at Proverbs 14, verse 23. Get to work and you will earn a living. If you just sit around talking, you will be poor. That's pretty good advice, wouldn't you agree? So let me ask you this. What are you doing with your life? Well, Pastor George, I'm aiming to do this. Well, when are you going to pull the trigger? What is it that you've been talking about for the last week or the last month or the last year? You know what? I saw them get baptized a, a few weeks ago. I need to get baptized. When are you going to pull that trigger? You know, I really do love LifePoint Church. We need to go to that membership class. When are you going to pull that trigger? You know what? We've had this ministry fair. I've gone by that table, and I know I need to serve, but when are you going to pull that trigger? Take a look at Proverbs 29, 19. Sometimes mere words are not enough. Discipline is needed. It's more than just talk. The first personality type are talkers. They love God with all of their heart. The second personality type are feelers. And these people love God with all of their soul. Now, what does soul mean? Well, the word soul is used a number of different ways throughout the Bible, but primarily it means, and it is a synonym for your emotions. In the book of Psalms, it is almost always referring to one's emotions. That is why a soul person's favorite book is the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms has almost every emotion known to man. It talks about a downcast soul, a disturbed soul, a satisfied soul, a yearning soul, a troubled soul, a forlorn soul, a joyful soul, a bitter soul, a thirsty soul, a hungry soul, rejoicing soul, a, de a delighted soul, a longing soul. When you're going through something in life, I would encourage you to read the book of Psalms. You'll be able to identify with David or whoever the psalmist is. Soul people feel their emotions. Folks, they're in touch with 
their emotions. In fact, feelers have a hard time containing their emotions because oftentimes they are passionate people. For instance, when it comes to a soul person worshiping or a feeler worshiping, they can imagine Psalms 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. A a feeler person, a soul person, closes their eyes. And they picture that, that deer panting for water. They raise their hands. They may even move. The thinker, on the other hand, is observing the soul person and thinking, I don't get it. That is really weird. Of course that deer needs water. You can't live without water, okay? But folks, the world needs feelers. Why? Why do we need feelers in our world? It is because we need more than just words. We need more than just communication. We need passion and compassion. The purpose of God putting feelers in the world is because God is a passionate God. And folks, he is a compassionate God. These people represent God to us. And we need people in our world who deeply care and who care deeply about certain issues. Who sympathize and who empathize with the pains and issues of ourselves and others in this world. You see, if you go to a talker and you tell that talker, I'm having a bad day, they will chew your ear off for one hour. If you go to a thinker and tell them, hey, I'm having a bad day, they will analyze your problem to the nth degree. If you go to a doer and tell them, you know what, I'm having a bad day, they will be really short with you. They'll tell you one thing, and they'll tell you to do it and get over it quick, right? But if you go to a feeler, they will say to you, I understand how you feel. Been there, done that. Know what you're feeling. And what that will produce in you is a sense of security that you are not going through life alone. Someone understands me. Now remember, the Bible says that we need to manifest all of these things. And this is the context of what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to each other. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. God says, I have been tender-hearted with you. I have been kind with you. I have been forgiving with you. I have, I, I've been loving with you. I want you to be that way to other people. Now, are there weaknesses to this personality? Well, sure there are. Sure there are. Feelers have a tendency to be manipulated by their moods. Feelers have a a tendency to not do or to do based on their moods, their emotions. They have an ocean filled full of emotions, and it depends which way the waves are turning might determine whether they do it or not do it. 
for instance, they can feel discouraged and say, you know what, the whole world's against me. When in reality, that is not true at all. But because they feel that way, they think that it's true. Feelers need to be reminded that feelings are neither right or wrong. They're they're just feelings. If you're a feeler, you're going to be also tempted in the area of your emotions. I'll never forget a song a number of years ago. I thought, this song, no doubt, is written by a feeler, okay? If it feels good, how can it be wrong? If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Folks, that was written by a feeler. You and I just need to be aware that if you're a feeler, you're going to be tempted by your emotions. Now, in saying that, I am not at all saying that the thinkers and the doers and the communicators, the talkers, aren't tempted. They are. All of us are tempted. We are tempted when our temptations hook our emotions. If that temptation doesn't hook your emotions, I don't care who you are, you're not going to be hooked. But if it hooks your emotions, you're hooked. I want you to see this principle out of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. Since your real home is in heaven, keep away from the, and will you circle this phrase, the evil pleasures of this world. Those are temptations. They are not for you, for they fight against your very, what? Soul. Will you circle the word soul and draw a line to pleasures? They fight against your soul. So what's the warning here? The warning to a feeler is this, that you must be led by the Spirit. Take a look at Galatians 5, verse 15 and following. Don't be led by your emotions, but be led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit direct your lives, and you will not satisfy, that is, give in to the desires, that is, the the lusts of the human nature. Folks, we all have desires. I think we would all agree with that, right? We've got good ones and we've got bad ones. You're going to give in to the bad desires if you are not led by the Spirit. You can either be controlled by your emotions or you can either be controlled by the Spirit. And to be led by the Spirit doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. You do. You just don't give in to the bad ones. A lot of young Christians oftentimes think that that when they give their life to Christ, all those bad emotions that they have in their life are going to instantaneously go away. (laughs) Oh, how I wish that were true. (laughs) But it's not. Some of us have desires, broken desires, that we will always have. And they will always be there. But God gave us his spirit that enables us to say no to them. We have talkers. We have feelers. The third personality type are the thinkers. Talkers love God with all their heart. 
Feelers love God with all their souls. Thinkers love God with all their minds. Did you know that once you gave your life to Christ, God did not ask you to put your mind on a shelf? To be just a person of faith and believe everything that comes across your way without using your mind. No. The Bible says you and I are to love God with all of our minds. You see, loving God with all your mind is an act of worship. We're going to do a series in end of February that's about developing our minds. When you develop your mind, when you strengthen your mind, when you educate your mind, you're giving God something. And that is an act of worship. Christianity truly is a thinking religion. It is a world or it is a biblical worldview. It is the most logical, rational worldview that squares with reality. There are seven, depending on how you want to count, you can divide one of them up in two, seven to eight different worldviews. And folks, I've looked at all of them. Every one of the worldviews that are not based on the Bible end up in fatalism, meaning nothing matters, that there's no meaning in life. Yeah, a person can make up meaning, but guess what? That's just, that's just your why of life. There's no meaning. Not only that, when there is no God, there is no morality. You can't have a moral society without a God. The logical, rational, intelligent worldview that systematically lines up with the reality of our world is the worldview that God gives us in the Bible. And God says, I want you to use your mind. Now, people who are thinkers, once they become followers of Christ, guess what they like to do? They like to study God's word because it is so deep. Truly, God's word has all the answers to life. We're just taking a look at one topic about our shape and how God has shaped us, okay? The Bible answers who I am, where did I come from, why am I here, where am I going, what is the purpose of life, does life matter, what's the past, and what's the future. And thinkers love to dig into the book called the Bible for those answers. Take a look at Psalms 119 verse 97. How I love your law. I think about it all day long. Now, why is it that we need thinkers in our world? Well, we need talkers for communication. We need feelers for compassion. We need thinkers for consideration. In other words, we need people to think through complex problems, complex issues, and bring solutions to the table. Folks, that is why we need theologians. That is why we need scientists. That is why we need philosophers and writers. That is why we need inventors and innovators. We need people who think things through to offer up solutions for those issues. 
Now notice what the Bible says here. In Lamentations 3, 4, this really is addressed to all of us. We should think about the way we are living and turn back to the Lord. Socrates said this, the unexamined life isn't worth living. The Bible said that hundreds of years before Socrates came on, on the scene. You and I need to think about the direction of our life. And thinkers are really good about that. Now, are there any weaknesses to this personality type? Well, of course there are. One of them is pride. And pride is a big one because thinkers oftentimes think faster and further than anybody else. And so they have a tendency to look down at people who don't think the way they think. They tend to devalue people, not understanding that there are really different forms of intelligence in our world. Take a look at Romans 8.1, or 1 Corinthians 8.1, sorry. Knowledge makes people arrogant, but love builds them up. If you are smart, that is great. I would just encourage you with this, temper it with love. Folks, I meet a lot of people that are a whole lot smarter than me, but they don't realize that we're all just ignorant in different areas. And so the Bible says, don't be proud of the wisdom that you have. Rather, be proud that you know the Lord. The other problem is this, is indecision. Uh, uh, thinkers can be paralyzed with over-analysis. Take a look at 2 Timothy 3.7. Always studying, but are never able to recognize the truth. Truly, studying can be a barrier against you. And so the Bible warns about this. Two things. First, practice humility. Proverbs 3, 7. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Why? Because God's God and you're not. And remember, humility is a choice, okay? You can choose to be humble or choose not to be humble. And so humility chooses to know and understand and acknowledge God, you're God, and I'm not. You're a whole lot smarter than me and everyone else put together. Secondly, thinkers are to practice what they know. If you know it, then you should do it. James 1, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do you realize this, that you and I only believe what we do? We only believe what we do. Just because we know something doesn't mean that we believe in it, okay? It's when we act on it, and that is where maturity comes from. Maturity isn't just about knowing. It is about knowing and doing. Talkers love God with all their hearts. Feelers love God with all their souls. Thinkers love God with all their minds. The fourth are doers, and doers love God with all their strength. They are the energetic activists of life. They're the accomplishers. They're the achievers. They're the workers that push things forward in practical ways. Psalms 116, verse 16. Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free 
for your service. What is the psalmist saying here? Let's, let's put it in terms of football because the Cowboys are going to beat the Vikings today, okay? All right. In football terms, it's coming to the coach and say, Coach, put me in the game. I don't want to sit on the sideline. I want to get in the game. Put me in the game. I want to be used. What is the purpose of doers in this world? Well, folks, we just don't need communication or compassion or consideration. We need contribution. We need what the great philosopher Larry the Cable Guy said, get her done people. People with initiative, people with energy, people with action, people who are biased towards results. Take a look at Romans 12 verse 1. Offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. It says, offer your bodies. Why? You ever thought about that? Why offer your bodies? Because it's the only way you can serve God. You can think, you can talk, you can feel, but eventually, guess what? You gotta do. And so what he's saying there is that you and I need to come to God and we need to say, God, here's my body and I want you to use it as you see fit to accomplish your will. Now, are there weaknesses to doers? Oh, yes, there are. Two words. Overworking and busyness. They're busy, 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 busy all the time. Notice these verses in Psalms 127. It is senseless for you to work so hard from, more, from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Some of us need to put that up on our mirrors when we wake up in the morning so we can see that. Here's another one, Jeremiah 2.25. Slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why worry? Your, why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say, I can't help it. I'm addicted to alien gods. I can't quit. Question. What alien gods are you addicted to? That got you going and 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 busying yourself with this and busying yourself with that. Money? Status? Approval? Position? Power? Sex? When you and I understand the why of life, God will then show us the how. When you understand the why of life, that you are to love, number one priority, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, God will help you figure out the how. And that happens and will happen when you and I 
slow down. So here's the warning. Proverbs 23, 4. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to show restraint. Now here's the deal. When you become a follower of Christ, the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. When anyone becomes a Christian, they are a new person inside. The old has passed away, the new has come. What he is talking about here is this, that your past has been pardoned. Your present has power. And in your future, you have a place in heaven. He is not talking about giving you a new personality. No, not at all. He's talking about your forgiveness. He's talking about the power to live the Christian life. He is talking about a place that you will have in heaven. He is not talking about changing your personality. If you are a talker, guess what? You will always be a talker. And when you get to heaven, guess what you'll be? You'll be a talker. If you are a feeler, you will always be a feeler. If you are a thinker, you will always be a thinker. If you are a doer, you will always be a doer. And so what he is saying in this verse is that God is not going to diminish your personality. He is not going to dampen your personality. Rather, he's going to strengthen it. He is going to make it what he has intended it to be from the very beginning. Because guess what? He's the one that gave you your personality. And he loves you just the way you are. And he wants you to be you. And if this church is going to be all that it is meant to be and reach its redemptive potential, you need to understand that truth. Diversity is dynamic. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are a God who knew about us before the foundations of the earth. And you thought us through. You dotted every I. You crossed every T. And then you made us. You shaped us in our mother's womb. And you had a purpose for doing that. That you wanted us to come into a saving relationship with you. That we might be able to serve your purposes for your glory and for the good of other people. And today, that journey of becoming all that God has intended for you to be starts in a relationship with Him. Have you established that? You may know about Christ, but knowing doesn't mean that you believe. Have you dropped him from your head to your heart where you recognize that he is 
your Lord and your Savior. And you've received him as that. So that you follow him fully. Committing your life, presenting your body as a tool in his hands. So that you can be fulfilled and be fruitful. If you haven't done that yet, will you? Today could be your spiritual birthday. Would you just say in the quietness of your heart, just a simple prayer. I call it an ABC prayer. God, by saying just, God, I admit that I've sinned. That I've blown it. I've made all kinds of mistakes. That I've lived my life just thinking about you. But I've really, really never have believed in you. But today, God, I'm dropping you from just a thought into my heart. And because you're in my heart, I want to confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you didn't stay dead, that you resurrected. Thank you that right now, because of what you've done, my sins have been forgiven and I have been pardoned and I have a power and I have a place in heaven in the future. God, I thank you for that. Begin to reveal your will for my life. And if you prayed that prayer in your own way, God heard you. Would you just let me know on your communication card? Just give me your name, email address. Check the appropriate box on the back. And when I get them, I'll email you the information that you need to continue on with your walk with Christ. God, you're good. You are awesome. I thank you for every personality and the mixture of those personalities in our church, God. You're good. In your son's name we pray. Amen.